Welcome to the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Southo Dan, and tonight joining me as always is the man who is too outrageous for Twitter, and that's saying something, the gentleman formerly known as iMod7. How's it going, mate? Very good, thank you. So we got we got a big show tonight, but before we get into that, big last show. last week, did you get any feedback on the episode? Yeah, I did. Um, everyone liked Hammers and hated us. Wait, that that's funny because I actually got a DM to the the fins up here, and I'm going to read it out. I've been saving it all week. It says, um, no. I really like Hammers. Let's bring him on full time and get rid of at Southo Dan, and that um that came from my mother, which was uh, nice. Real fun. On my birthday, no less, too. So, anyways. Um, Happy bef- birthday, Dan. Thank you, mate. Before we bring on our guest slash victim for tonight, uh, last week's yeah. episode actually did 10,000 listens, which is slightly up from the usual 13 or 14. So that's pretty good. We had, we had a great, uh, uh, yeah, great, great response last week. What I found out from Anchor is um, if people actually listen through the Anchor app, it doesn't count all the other listens, but I have found a way for our analytics. Um, and we're, we're hitting some pretty good numbers. Well, must be more than ten thousand. Well, that's fantastic. Let's get on. Yeah. Let's get on to the the big one, mate. This is a long time coming. I still can't believe this is happening. Tonight we're going to talk yeah. about the St George Illawarra Dragons. Oh, where yeah. did we go wrong? And with that, we'd like to bring on our guest, who was very, very happy to accept the invitation. Was the only St George fan that I contacted that was literate and could reply. Courtney, how's it going? <laughs> Very good, thank you. All right, it this should be fun. Uh, look, we, we want to apologise in advance, especially for Terry, but you'll see why in a little while. Um, so we're going to talk talk 2019. Um, floor's yours. Going into the season, what was your expectation? Well, with the, with the team that we had, I was pretty confident that we'd go pretty well. I was thinking, you know, top four would be where we'd be at and then of course we had all our off-season um, dramas with you know Jack DeBellin and then with it wanting to go and then before the season even started I think we were sort of off to not the best start um, and yeah then my hope sort of took a very quick nosedive as did the team's performances. Hey Terry how do you have the Dragons pre-season mate? Uh, I had the Dragons one below us I had the Dragons at seven. No, I had the Dragons at six, then us at fifth. Yeah, I think I think I was roughly the same. I, I think I had them making eight. I can't remember exactly where, but um. Yeah, you. I know you. I'm pretty sure you had you had us at seventh, and you had them. I think we both had them sixth. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, so Buzz had them winning the comp, so there was plenty yeah. of preseason expectation on. Um, obviously, well, that's that didn't I think happen. there's always big expectation for us, but. Yeah. You know, we, we had a solid roster, and I think anywhere in the anywhere in the top eight, but as a fan, you always think that you're going to go a lot better than <laughs> what you may. You always have very high hopes, but, yeah, it definitely didn't pan out the way that that I was expecting. Yeah, also as well, I think um, you guys finished uh, seventh last year and knocked off, oh, seventh in 2018 and knocked off the Broncos and then went down just before full-time to the Rabbits. So, and then you had yes. Corey Norman. So I think that's why the expectations went um, a little bit, you know, a little bit higher for you guys. But, I mean, in terms of having really bad off-seasons, I think uh, the Dragons and the Sharks were the, were the two clubs that were definitely hit with um, some serious, um, 
you know, some serious issues. And it really did show in the performances from both clubs because both clubs were picked either, you know, as premiership favourites or to give it a, a pretty good crack. So I, I think your your summary of, um, of the Dragons is pretty bang on. Yeah, I think, I think uh, off-season couldn't have gone much worse than what it did. Anything that could go wrong did go wrong. <laughs> it wasn't the ideal preparation for, for 2019, that's for sure. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much it, yeah, honestly. So, um, show's you, almost over. Yeah, I know. No, they're fun, guys. Thanks so much. Hey, um, any any highlights this season, Court? Oh, I don't. I think it was a season sort of full of lowlights, really. Um, I suppose the couple of victories that we did get were were very much enjoyed, but um, I, I don't think there was too much joy that came out of the season um for us at all. You, you guys usually yeah. start well, yeah. What was that, sorry? You guys usually start well, usually leading the comp, come like... Oh, yeah, look, look we're, we're normally the main premiers, and, you know, you've got to, we've got to take take some wins where we can get them, but, no, we weren't anywhere near being made premiers or any premiers at all this year, so we, we didn't um, get near the top of the table at all, so I think it was a, a very disappointing season all round. Just, just going into the season, obviously losing Jack DeBellin, like, if you have a look at the, the pack that you had with... You know, still having Tyson Frizzell, still having Paul Vaughan, still having James Graham. Um, as we said, Cam McGuinness is a you know borderline superstar. You got Ben Hunt, Corey Norman, Gareth Widdop. I, I didn't think Jack DeBellin and his case would have as much influence or negative impact on the team. Is that where you stood with it, or did you did you think that the guys would be able to push it to the side? Because it clearly showed some side effects. Yeah, look, I was really disappointed, obviously, with how everything, with the whole case to begin with and that he got himself into that position, but that's a completely different, <laughs> off on a completely different tangent. But, look, I didn't think it would affect them that much because I figured that we still had a very strong team um, and we still had a very solid representative heavy forward pack that would be able to carry that load and we had some good young kids that we could blood through and that it would be okay. Now, it was not him missing from the team so much that caused us all our problems it was all the psychological thing and the players for my for my opinion looked like they checked out like they weren't happy that DeBellin wasn't allowed to play so they'd given up as well and there's even then talk you read later on you know just only like a week or so ago that they wanted to boycott the Mudgee game and and that and you think well that's where their heads were all season like they weren't in it for for the long haul that's for sure they practically did boycott the Mudgy game. Didn't you guys cop 40 or something? Oh, it was, yeah. It was, <laughs> they may as well have forfeited because it was just embarrassing. It really was. It was a pathetic display. Well, it's uh, oh. fantastic. You just got Terry laughing. Very distracting. Um, look, I was going to mention the DeBellin in, in a fun light, but we'll try and keep it, you know, fun. You guys started with two losses, but then you had four straight wins. Surely it was looking good for a little while. Well, look, it was. Once you sort of got, a, you know, once we got a couple of wins, it was like, okay, yes, we're back on track. We may be made premiers again. We'll get back to the top of the table, and then anything can happen. Um, and then, you know, we re-signed McGregor, and <laughs> then everything fell to shit again. <laughs> That's actually underlined double here. You got anything, Terry? <laughs> yeah. Um, just well, I guess uh, you know, as Dan said, you had the the four wins to start the season, and oh, four. You won four of your first six and then won three of the next 18. So it's probably going to be uh, cutting open some wounds here. But what was your best win of the season or best performance? Um, I'd have to say my favourite 
performance of the season would have had to be against the Bulldogs at Cogger Oval. I think we just, you know, we played really well that game and we only just let them in to score, you know, within the last two or three minutes of the game. And it, it was... You know, you got that feeling that they were back, you know, and they, you know, got you to the top of that happy tree and thought, yep, you know, filled us with confidence and, yeah, didn't last too long, though, after that. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, um, and then, yeah, I'll get in. No, I was, I was, you go, Terry. Mine's, uh, mine's a very serious question. It'll take a while. So I'll ask you a serious question. Um, out of round 11 and round 22, which was your favourite? <laughs> oh. Can I say neither? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's your your show. <laughs> can we go well, neither well, of them? Can we delete them from the memory bank, please? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that, round 11 was the game in Wollongong, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, um, that to me summed up the Dragon season in a nutshell because you led at half time and you looked really strong and you look you were keeping Cronulla at bay and yes. uh, and then you didn't come out for the second half. Well, and that summed up exactly how our season went. Like, we would go all right for a little bit, then something would happen in the sheds at half-time, and they would just come out and uh, who knows. Like, I said many times through the season, I'd love to know what happens in those sheds and what's being said to them because they all just check out at half-time and come back out and it's just a completely different display. And, yeah, it it really, yeah, really impacted us. Look, so as someone who's played high-level sport, Gordy, you don't want to know what goes in the sheds at halftime. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, just, I, I need to bring something up here because I was, I was arguing with a Dragons fan the other day and I made up a stat that actually turned out to be correct. And where you lost that game was Ben Hunt kicking the field goal at halftime. And yes. uh, I, I actually said that it's been proven like... You know, 87% of the times if a team kicks a field goal in the first half against Cronulla, they lose. And I was yes. pretty close. It's it, 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 out of the last ten games that someone has kicked a field goal against Cronulla in halftime, we've gone on to win eight of them. So I was, I was bang on, and I know statistics are made up, but I was pretty close. Oh look, I, I'm never a big fan of the field goal just before halftime. I just, I just think that it puts you in the wrong mindset, and it it never works out well for us when we do kick a field goal before halftime. And I remember, I can't, I couldn't tell you what year it was, but it was late 90s or early 2000s when we played you guys at Shark Park and Trent Barrett kicked a field goal just before halftime and it was all over. <laughs> we come back out in the second half and you just absolutely smashed us. That's fantastic. I think, I think that was 2001. Yeah, yeah, it was Costa around then. Yeah. Campbell. Jeez, you got a better yeah. memory than I do. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of Van uh, of Hunt, what did you make of the Norman Hunt? Combo. Oh, I don't think it's there yet. Um, I think it could work, and I hope it does work because we've invested a huge amount of our cap into it. But I don't. I, I don't know. It just didn't seem to fire well enough for me this year. But I think that may have also been impacted by the whole ridiculous. Um, backline reshuffle when you throw Dufty and you throw Widdop into it as well and that you know that that just confused everyone but I, I think given another full off season I think there, there is some promising signs there if they can sort of get their mojo going and, and that that would be good but being both confidence players and we're very low on confidence it didn't really go too well for us. Yeah, that's pretty pretty spot on summary there. Absolutely. Speaking of Matt Duffy, what did you make of his season? Wasn't he your superstar coming into the year? 
Yeah, he was, he was sort of touted as our superstar. And look, I, he massively, like a lot of the players, is a massive confidence player. But I also think he drifts in and out of games too much. He, you know, he, he can show these flashes of absolute brilliance, but then he won't put his body on the line and he won't make the tackles that need to be tackled, you know, that need to be made. And I think his defensive plays, he seems to be found out of position an awful lot for a fullback, which in this day and age you just can't afford to happen because you'll leak tries. Um, and I, I think his attitude may be a bit questionable at times. And I think if you have a look back even at the end of 2018 when James Graham ripped into him um, after the Dogs absolutely annihilated us at Cogra after Lance Thompson's passing and that, like, that performance was terrible and Graham called him out on it, you know. So I don't know. Like, I think if he can get some consistency and he can put his body on the line a bit more, like his attack is fantastic, but his defence leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, one thing about Dafty, though, you can't teach speed and he's got it in abundance. But Oh, huge, hugely. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that because we had to sit through 11 games of Matt Moylan not putting his body on the line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the only game he did put his body on the line again was round 11 against the Dragons. And I actually keyed this game in because there was a couple of highlights in that game. In the first half, Ben Ben Hunt dropped the ball over the line. Uh, and then in the second half, uh, just before we scored the try to go ahead, uh, James Graham got himself over the line and somehow Matt Moylan held him up. And again, yep. that, that just shows your season in a nutshell. Um, yes. Ben Hunt, line wide open, drops it. James Graham, all he's got to do is put the ball down and gets held up by Matt Moylan. And how many there times would he get held up? Like, you know, especially by someone... How so many times would Matt Moylan <laughs> hold someone up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. These exactly. are negative numbers. Um, we've asked you what your best win was, so we've now got to ask the painful question. What was the worst loss of the season? I reckon the Mudgy loss would have to be the, the worst loss because you could just see... That they just didn't give a shit. Like they went out there and they weren't playing for each other, and they, the care factor was zero. Like, and it was really embarrassing. Um, I think we had quite a few games that were in the embarrassing section for the year, but I think if I had to pick just one out of the multitude of losses that we had, I think that one would take the cake for me. Okay. Yeah, fair play. Who, who was your your star player this year? Who was your best? Oh. Jeez, um, I'd have to say McInnes would have had to be our best. He, he gives a hundred percent every game, regardless. He's always in there battling away for us and and doing those, you know, in the footy terms, doing the one percenters to sort of get you over the line. But unfortunately, the rest of the team sort of weren't with him, you know, <laughs> doing those hard yards. Unfortunately. Yeah, so that there's like you know sometimes you're really unlucky to be stuck behind some players and uh, Cam McInnes obviously you know he, he had to um, find a way out of South to you know get himself some first grade because Isaac Luke was there and then Damian Cook came along but in terms of origin he's had to sit behind Mike Lennis, Robbie Fowler uh, Robbie Farrar sorry um, and then uh, and now Damian Cook and you know any other generation he's probably going to play nine or, nine or ten origin games but he just seems to be the victim of circumstance at the moment. He was my player of the year for you guys. If there was just, I mean, even Ruan Sims did it, didn't she? She she didn't watch the game and then gave him some some daily end points and he made fifty tackles. So, um, yeah, he was he absolutely. I think if there was if there was ever a time that you watched the Dragons game and and you know whether they lost or they won, you could always see at the end of the game he was just absolutely gassed and out on his feet. So 
definitely the uh, the star player. Um, yeah, I think he's the one that sort of held us held us together. I think things could have gone a lot worse if he didn't play as good as he did. Yeah, absolutely. Because for a while there, you and the uh, the Titans were sort of um, down the bottom, you know, really battling for that spoon before you pulled away towards the end of the season, which was a bit lucky. Oh, I was very lucky. If it wasn't for the, I thank the Titans. <laughs> you know, because if it, if it wasn't for them, we were, yeah, we were last at that big well, time. Like, easy. We assume you listened last week, but Hammers wasn't very thankful for you guys. Who was your most disappointing player this year? Oh, God. <sighs> Can I pick, like, all 16 of them other than McKinnis? <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, I think most of our forward pack were pretty disappointing. I think their attitude, like, you know, they showed what they could do in origin and then when they played for us, they just didn't put in that same amount of oomph and that same amount of effort that they were at the representative levels, which really which really cuts fans, I think. You know, if you can turn up for your rep, your rep teams and, you know, give 110%, so to speak, and then show up for your club and, you know, not do the basics right and not really have the heart to to push through and, and that, like, yeah, I'd say our forward pack was our dis- would have been, if I can group them all together, I would say they would have been, yeah, my, my dis- the disappointing ones, I think. Ooh. I'm going to hit you with oh. two hard-hitting questions. Genuinely, this time, no joke. I know Terry's smirking because he knows what's coming. The fans that brought signs to protest McGregor and stuff, yeah. how do you rate that? Yeah. Support or, or rubbish? Uh, look, each to their own. It's not something that I would do. I don't think that it sends the best message and the players can see that as well. The players see the signs in the crowd and, you know, we're having a hard enough season as it is um, and you've got that to contend with as well. Uh, James Graham called them out on it and said it was rubbish as well. Look, I'm not going to bag a, a, a supporter out for the way that they support a team, but it's not something that I would do. I'm not a big fan of Mary, but I think there's a lot worse that's going on at the club, um, and I'm not short-sighted enough to think that he's our only issue. So, yeah, it's not my go, but I'm, I won't criticise people for for the way that they choose to support the team. My my favourite sign was actually drop it like your hunt, which I, you know, got a giggle out of. <laughs> Um, shouldn't laugh, shouldn't attack. Um, the second question, question was was McGregor when he was re-signed. We, like, what were you guys thinking, honestly? Oh, as a fan, like from a fan point, what was I thinking when Absolutely. it happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I wasn't, I wasn't happy about it because obviously we hadn't the first two games we hadn't played too well and we should have, you know, we should have played a lot better than what we did. Then the first glimpse of some wins and they jump in to re-sign him. Now, no one's chasing him, so there was no hurry. No one else was going to offer him and swoop him away and whatever else. I think it, we had the opportunity to go into the market then and be patient. You, we could have waited till halfway through the year. We could have waited till now. There was no hurry he wasn't going anywhere. Um, and I, I think he, his track record speaks for itself. We've had some really good rosters over the years and produced duck egg. Like, and it, it's just, it's frustrating. He may be a really good guy and he may have been a fantastic player, but that doesn't always equate to being a great coach. And I think, unfortunately, it's the case with Mary. Like, I, I loved him as a player and I think he's a great guy, but I just don't think he can get the best out of the team that he's got. 
Yeah, cool. um, so I've got five names written down here, uh, Gordon. We've discussed McGregor, we've discussed the Bell, and, and I'm glad we sort of had a bit of a serious discussion, but then put that one aside uh, before me and Dan got sued for about 20 bucks. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've got three more names for us to discuss. Yep. Uh, the first one, Ben Hunt. Let's let's talk about him. What are your expectations of Ben Hunt going forward now? Because I, I, I had him pretty disappointing for 2019 I had him very disappointing for 2019 but then I I don't think he's alone there as I've said like the whole team were very disappointing barring McInnes's performances but I think if if he can get his head right and he can get into the game and you know he should be a game breaker he should be our x-factor he should be being able to get that team rolling and with the forward pack that we've got, he should be really capitalising on that. Um, and, you know, then you sort of, you bring in the money that you're paying. Now you're paying a million dollars or a million plus a season for him. You want a bit more than what was being delivered this year. Um, but, you know, do we make excuses and say there were circumstances behind that that affected that? I don't know. But then I get annoyed because they're professional athletes. They should be better than that. You know, they've got a job to do. That wouldn't wash in my workplace if I just wasn't happy and didn't do the job that I was paid to do. Yeah, fair play. Perfect. Yeah, I absolutely agree, yeah. It's, um, it, you know, having the conversation um, with some people today, and, you know, we're talking about Ryan Madison, how he's upset that he's being underpaid and he wants more money. But, you know, when, when players underperform, they don't go and give you $300,000 back. Yeah, so, you can't get that money back off of him. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> um, so we'll tick off Ben Hunt. Uh, the next name that I have for you is Peter Doust. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> have we got a couple of hours? Or? No, I, I, yeah, my kids are asleep. Uh, Dan's single. We're here all night. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, obviously, you know, none of us were particularly happy with the way that he ran the club, I think. His legacy was the fact that he managed to get Bennett to the club, but then in doing that, Bennett wanted a five-year deal and he only signed him to a three-year deal. Who says no to having Bennett for five years? Like, that that's mind-blowing in itself. Um, but then even as he's leaving, he then has the opportunity to set us up with a really great CEO and get the club really excelling, and he chooses to go back to the future to someone that we had previously that didn't do a very good job and my sort of take on it rightly or wrongly was he didn't want anyone to overshadow what he had done at the club or lack thereof so let's just hire someone that's not going to do a better job than me because then everyone will remember how great I was I don't know who knows but look I don't think I think as far as administrators and as far as CEOs go I don't think he's really covered himself <laughs> in greatness and and I think he, he ran a really shoddy organisation and I think it's gone downhill even more since he, his departure, but he set it up that way when he left. Yeah, okay. And uh, the last name that I have on my list for you to discuss, Shane Flanagan. Oh, dislike. Um, now... With, it, with all the like your peptide scandal and your salary cap rorting and all of that, yes, we do need a, a, a coach, but Flano's not going to be allowed to coach for a couple of years anyway. And I just don't like the culture that he would bring to the club. Yes, he's won a premiership, but that's for as a, a non-Sharks fan, um, 
that's a bit clouded to me anyway. That's got a bit of a, you know, a bit of a question mark over it. Now, you know, most people win at all costs, but at what cost though? Like, you're trying to build a positive culture and you're trying to build something, you know, have someone to build around. And I just don't think that he's the person, like, I, I don't want him at my club. After everything that he's done and after his suspensions and that sort of thing, I don't want him anywhere near my club. But unfortunately, I don't get a say in that. Um, and look, he may turn around and do a fantastic job and, you know, get us back into the top four. But it, it still wouldn't change my opinion of the fact that I, you know, I just don't like the way he operates. Fair enough. Yeah, but I, just, I just wanted, uh, I wanted honesty on there because a lot of a lot of Dragons fans have, have sort of been backtracking and now think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I honestly think that McGregor is just a shadow next year. Flanagan will be coaching that team. Look, McGregor's been a shadow for a few years. Behind the scenes, like, you know, a lot of Dragons fans will carry on about the teams that get selected or the players that are, you know, recruitment and retention and all that. Mary has no say in any of that. He's not in charge of recruitment. He's not in charge of retention. He has no part in that whatsoever. They've got a complete separate part of the club that deals with that. So year by year, they've slowly started taking more and more off of McGregor. So he's he's just sort of the figurehead, really. And you know, by bringing Plano in, yeah, he he will be the one doing the coaching, and Mary will be the puppet. Yeah, um, it is how I would see it. But oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not overly happy with that situation. Like I don't think we should have Mary there. I think we need a proper coach, um, but I think we need someone with a bit more integrity. Yeah. And I think we, we we should have gone into the open market and. Look, as you said, there's plenty of Dragons fans that are backtracking, but I, I suppose that shows the desperation as well. Like when he was at the Sharks, the Dragons fans absolutely hated him, and I, I'm sure most most opposition fans did as well. Not just wouldn't just be limited to the Dragons, but now they see it as a oh well, that's a replacement for Mary. He's going to be our saviour. Oh, we love him. We love him. Well, he hasn't done anything for our club yet. And after everything that's happened, are you sure about that? Like, I think there's a lot of people that are quickly going back through their Twitter profiles, deleting, you know, quickly deleting things that were written over the years. <laughs> that's that's funny. We've uh, we've done similar. It's funny you mentioned that Flano's not allowed to coach for two years. I um, that's not going to stop him. Hey, um, yeah. someone that's been no, nothing stops him. <laughs> no, someone who Flano has a history with. Is Jack Bird? Someone actually linked him today on Reddit, which means it's a hundred percent true. With the Dragons, mm. what are your thoughts? Would you would you take him? Look, if he can get back to to his form, you know, prior to the Broncos, then I would consider it. Look, we do definitely need a, a centre. Our backs are, are very much lacking um, at the moment. Uh, I wouldn't say no if he gets his attitude right and the price is right. Like if if everything all you know, fits in place, then I wouldn't say no because it's a definite step up for, from what we've got. It's funny you use the word fit to describe Jack Bird because no one's used that for about two years. <laughs> well, no, no. He, it's, it's not a term that I've used to describe him. No, he, he's out enjoying his 20-buck voucher at McDonald's every day, I think. Court, court's not on um, the um, she's not on the Skype on the, on the video, but both Terry and my eyes lit up when she said that. It was pretty good. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, going into 2020, um, yep. your your club now is a, a little bit more stable. You 
you do have a coach, an assistant coach now, who can coach, regardless of his history. Take away the peptide scandal, the salary cap cheating, the emails. Take that away. The guy can coach, and he does make he does make average players better. He got to uh, a semi final with Jeff Robson as his halfback, so we're never going <laughs> to take that away from him. Yeah. Um, you've got so you've got stability in your coaching ranks now. The Jack DeBellin saga is nearly a year old. You've got your team going forward. You're probably going to make a couple of signings. What are your expectations for 2020? Well, my expectations any year is that we'd make the final series. I think that's everyone's want and expectation. But I would be looking at us being at least, you know, about around about sixth on the ladder, given that everything should be settled and that, you know, we've got things in order a bit better than what we did and we may even pick up some key signings, as you said. Um, the only thing that would concern me is that the Jack DeBellin case actually goes to court. Like, he, his trial starts just on the eve of the, the season kicking off. So whether that then has an impact on player performance like it has this year, you would hope that that would all be sorted out um, and they'd be able to get themselves organised so that we don't have another shitstorm of a year. Um, but, yeah, I would be wanting to finish at least sixth on the ladder like you know you'd want top four but you know uh, being a bit more realistic I, I think about six would be about right for us um given that we're we're getting back on track anything out of the top eight and I, I think the season's been a fail considering the the roster that we've got and everything like that i, I don't think you can keep making excuses uh, i've got you down for the biggest improvers for 2020 because i mean you can't go backwards you're not going to win the wooden spoon as you said the dragons should be in the, the, the top eight most years. Um, Gareth Widdop, though, his departure, how big of a loss is that for you guys? Look, I think that's a, a massive loss. Um, but then he was a bit inconsistent towards the end anyway and then had his injuries and, and all that that didn't help. Um, but I'm hoping now that that's actually finalised and he's gone and we can now get on track and have a pro like, you know, settle our halves and have the combinations working properly, it might not be as big a loss as what we're thinking. Um, we've got Norman there. He's had a year with us. Hopefully, you know, he can settle in. He can work his partnership with Ben Hunt and we can get things back on track. I think, you know, the, the loss, I'd say, would, would have seemed to work well with Ben Hunt and he had that connection going. It took a little bit, but he did get that connection going with him. So now it's going to be getting that connection with Ben Hunt and Corey Norman really clicking. Um, and that's going to be one of the keys, I think. Perfect. How does it How does it feel to um to be little brother to the Sharks? Little brother? No, I don't. I think you've got that wrong. I think... Isn't it the other way around? You're the little brothers. Well, you know, was, you're moving in and renting our house. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We're we taking over. Was my next my next comment? Yes. Hey, um, look, I, <laughs> I do, I do want to apologise for um breaking your little man's heart in round twenty five too at Leichhardt. That wasn't very nice. Oh no, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> that was a horrible afternoon. <laughs> oh, there may have been tears that afternoon. <laughs> oh, that's no good. How um, how did so, it? Sorry, Terry, you gone? Oh yeah, your, your your son's a West Tigers fan. Is is that is that from Hubby's side or? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his dad's a tiger supporter, so our family's split. So we've got two dragons yeah. and two tigers. So when Lachlan was younger, he had the had the choice of being a dragon or a tiger, so the poor kid's always going to have some sort of disappointment in his life. Yeah. Um, so he got the choice. So early on, it was dragons and tigers, and we he'd go both ways. Then for a little period there, it was, yep, I'm a dragon. And then he just decided that tigers were it, and there's no budging him from that now. So that was halfway through last season. He decided that it's just I'm all tigers, I'm all in. So yeah, you know, he he backs his team every week and he supports them every week regardless, and he thinks they're going to win every week. So he's just as crazy as the rest of us. That, that's really nice. You know, like, like your kids, like your kids, Scotty. My kids had two choices as well. They had. Uh, you go for the sharks, or Daddy leaves you at the park that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I didn't have that. I didn't have that choice. It was I was you know the older boy goes for the dragons, and so I got that one across the line. So I thought, yep, this one I'll be able to get this one easier. I'll get him across the line. There's already two of us on board, and I failed miserably. <laughs> it was yeah. nice of you to give him eight clubs to choose from too. <laughs> it was uh... Eight clubs. Just a little, <laughs> he has two choices. <laughs> just a little merge humour there, but um, yeah, chill. Uh, all right, before before we wrap this up, let, let's get into some uh, some fun facts. We have we're talking about your stadium now. Uh, list of teams that are playing games at Cogra in 2020. Uh, Cronulla are playing 11 home games. Sydney FC are playing 10. Uh, your reserve grade team are playing 11 games and you guys are playing six at Cogra, so that it's not your stadium anymore. Oh, well, I suppose you can't you can't argue statistics, but that will always be our stadium. You can get you can pull numbers from anywhere. Yeah. You, know, you can make statistics look however you like. Yeah. But that's, that stadium will never be a Sharks home game. <laughs> oh, me and Dan make shit up all the time on here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's probably not even fact-checked. I, um... <laughs> I, Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Yeah. Exactly. I actually meant four teams, not eight before. It was a terrible mis-merge joke. But anyways, yeah. um, your New South Wales Cup team actually went really well this year. Anyone you're expecting to come up next year from that squad? Look, there was quite a few that I was expecting during the year to come up. <laughs> but, you know, given how crap we were going, it would have been nice to see some of them being given a go. Um, and then, you you know, some of the ones that I was expecting to come through, they've now let go to other teams, which is a bit disappointing, and it seems to be a, a trend for us. Anyone that goes really well, they then decide that, you know, we don't really have the space for you in our mediocrity regime here, so off you go and play play finals football with someone else, please. Um, yeah, so look, I was looking forward to Lachlan Tim coming up, but he's not. He, he's gone. Um, I wanted to see a little bit more of Field, but again, we haven't re-signed him, so he's gone. Um, I think we, we got very small glimpses of Tristan Saylor at the back end of the season, and I'm excited to see what he can bring. Um, and I'd like to see him, you know, have a full off season with us and come into the season and see what he can do over like consistently over a season would be one that I would, would definitely, you know, he he had some glimpses during his games to show that it, you know, he he's got what it takes. Um, just trying to think if there was anyone else that I was really keen on on coming up. Where, where did Lachlan Tim go? I'm not sure where he's gone, actually, to be honest. he, I I think I found out 
was it the, our last game on the big screen they were announcing people who were going? I can't think if I found out just before that or at that game and it was, oh, okay, he's gone. So I'm not sure what team he's linked with, um, but I think he's a, a bit of a loss for us. Yeah, I think, I think Joe Field's gone to the Bunnies is what, I, what I've heard. Cause we, we yeah, he hadn't signed a deal yet, so that might still all be... We, we just weren't re-signing him. So they sort of farewelled him at the SCG and said that he wasn't coming back, but it didn't say sort of where he was linking. But he, he's too good to not be picked up in some capacity somewhere. Yeah, we, we, were, we were looking at him um, and we ended up going with Connor Tracy from, from South. He's a local junior coming back. So I'm pretty sure I heard that Jai Field is going to... The rabbits. The knights were looking at him, but the knights just picked up Jamal Fogarty. So, yeah. Uh, who's your favourite player uh, of all time? Oh, of all time. Okay. Uh, I reckon that'd have to be Brownie. He was my favourite growing up, and I reckon yeah, he, he would have to be my favourite dragon of all time. I'd say. Um, closely followed. I think if I went with the current team now, um, Tarek Sims would be my favourite. But yeah, all, all time favourite would be Brownie. Who's your favourite all-time shark? Yeah, my favourite... Oh, does anyone have a favourite all-time shark? I've, I've got plenty on my most hated list. Did you want that side? Yeah, who's your most hated? <laughs> my most hated would be the one that you all love would have to be Gallon. Oh, oh, half hey. the podcast loves him, yeah. Look, to be fair, I did get a bit emotional when he retired, but I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think look, I think towards the end of his career, you become a bit of a ball hog, and I think he could have, yeah, you know, he cost you a few a few opportunities. I think. Yeah, but he kicked that's the field goal at Leichhardt. Oh yeah, yeah. Question I got to ask: Would you swap Ben Hunt for Chad Townsend? No thanks. Okay. We just can't give him away. No, I've been two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But you're elite. It's we, all right, we, you're a We are, Chad's not. We're in trouble. Uh, anything else, Dan? Uh, no, I'm all good. Did you want to add anything else? Did you want to have a crack at us for all the crap we give you on Twitter? Uh, look, I'll let you go this time, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, could, I could take a little bit of... Uh, I could, I've got pretty thick skin, you know. I'm used to, to people having a crack. Yeah. Well, th- thank you so much for coming on. It's... Uh, it's been a pleasure to not have to listen to just Dan's voice uh, two weeks in a row, and you were, yeah, you were, you were sensational. Oh, thank that? you. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if ever you want to start a podcast, I'm available, and we can get rid of Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get as another. As long as I don't have to talk about the sharks all the time, then I, we've got a deal. <laughs> tough, tough bargain chip, but I like it. Yeah. Mate, I, I think that's fantastic. I think that's the best episode since last week. Yeah, that is. Uh, you're giving Hammers a run for the for the money. So uh, Hammers, Hammers was our first uh, guest that we've had. You were our first female guest, so you'll be in mine and Dan's heart for a, a long time. We really appreciate you giving up your time on a Wednesday night to speak to us two mugs. So, uh, yeah, thank you again from Fins Up. No worries. So is mine the best for this week? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah until yeah, next Wednesday, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, look, I'll take that. I'm, I'm happy to wear that crown. <laughs> Thanks, Gordy. Cheers. Thanks so okay, much. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that was pretty good, Terry. Let's uh, let's wrap it up with a um, who are we hailing this year? Won't be Matt Moylan. 
Nah, let's. Uh, it's not gonna be Matt Moylan. Sean Johnson just got dropped. Uh, Hail Billy McGoolis. Hail, yeah, Billy. 